0: You want to find and keep your tribe of raving fans. I want to support that journey. This is the Digging Deep podcast with your host Justin Lamb of 360 Media. I explore ways to help you build a more attractive business that finds and keeps your tribe of raving fans. Hey everybody, this is Justin Lamb. You're listening to episode 38 of the Digging Deep Podcast where I help business owners build better business. And today I'm getting joined by one of my very first podcasts, Guests, uh, and today we're going to have a little bit of fun. He's going to ask me some questions about branding, and uh, hopefully, I'm going to be able to answer them. So, uh, stay tuned. It's going to be supercharged. I hope, because as you all might deeply know, I am super passionate about this stuff. So, Joel Mark Harris from Ghostwriters and Co. How are you today?
1: I'm um, great. Thanks for having me. And thanks for allowing me to ask you some questions. Well, thank
0: you for volunteering to grill me because, uh, you know, nothing Nothing says uh, uh, confidence more than being able to answer things on the fly. And so if you're joining us here for uh, the very first time, thank you for, for tuning in. Um, this is uncut, unedited. So once we start this, um, none of this gets uh, edited out. So hopefully I don't mess up too bad. <laughs> but thank you for joining me here. So, Joel, fire away. What do you got for me?
1: So I'm going to start with um, going through the branding process myself and uncovering some interesting things about brands. I know that you feel like a lot of branding agencies miss a, a very crucial part of branding. Can you tell us what do you think a lot of branding agencies do wrong?
0: So I don't know if it's necessary that branding agencies do it wrong more so than I think that they're trying to be cognizant of budgets and time. Um, And so what uh, I think you're alluding to is, is I spend a very deep amount of time or a lot of time in the self-development department. And that's helping you identify personal core values, creating what I call a personal manifesto. And the reason why I spend so much time here, um, it's because I believe that, as at least in the solopreneur uh, arena, that a lot of the brand reputation that you will exude is a byproduct of all the actions and interactions that you have uh, taking place every single day that sort of amalgamate to your reputation. Now with that, if we take that a step backwards, we can look at it as every one of those interactions and actions that you take is deeply rooted in the psychology of how you were brought up, right? So from the ages from zero to seven, you know, as you're downloading and interpreting the world, What you're trying to, you know, create in in the mind of a child is you're associating things. You're associating pleasure, pain, um, and all of these things manifest themselves deep into your psychology. uh, And and as you grow past the age of seven and you start to develop critical thinking, um, what ends up happening is, is your brain starts to shape the world according to those values. So it's building the case for all of those values that you have Um, by letting in only the stimuli that is relevant to those personal views. Um, Even though there might be other variables in play, our brains are really good at siphoning that, putting the blinders on, because with so much stimuli in our brain, it would just melt down. It's just too many things to decide on. So it's selectively uh, allowing whatever into our consciousness to interpret. Um, But through those interpretations, it's also being brought into our subconscious and unconscious brain being interpreted as that little kid And then our actions and reactions to things map in that accordance. And so, you know, there's lots of material and stuff in the self-help arena. uh, And of course in children's development literature, but I spend a lot of time in this particular space with our clients. And I think it's deeply uh, valuable, but it is also deeply unprofitable. And this is, I think, the reason why a lot of agencies don't do that. It's because one, I think the individual whom you're working with needs to have the capacity to help you through that. And so they need to have a very uh, deep layer of self-development themselves. And I spent a lot of time in this arena. I think my very first sort of open, uh, uh, sorry, uh, interaction with this was really probably about the age of twenty twenty one. So from 20 to 21 to current dates, it's almost two decades um, worth of self-development, uh, going through courses, reading books, just, like, just exploring different things. And then having a child also wanting to explore all of those things that relate to my child's development, because that's such an important part to me all accumulate to where I'm at today, where I'm able to help those clients and try to help them interpret that inner child and bring those things out so I can understand how they're acting today, you know, what things are influencing, how they really want to show up in the world versus how society has impacted them. And so, like I said, it needs a little, a a level of understanding and a little more empathy than I think a lot of people are willing to do. Also takes a lot of time. Self-development, there's really no, set schedule you can't you can't predict how long it takes a person to go through it so by that very nature it's unprofitable and so i think a lot of agencies kind of bypass that and they start off with a different format which is what do you want to project right and i could start there but the problem is is if you don't do enough work in the back end what a person's projecting is really a manifestation of a little bit of what they want but a whole lot of what society wants on them and what they believe society should view them as. And so it's hard for an agency then to curate that information because they're, in essence, they're curating a persona that isn't 100% the owner. And I think that's why there's so much discrepancy between a final finished product and the satisfaction of a client.
1: For people who have like a core value that they have um, they've grown up with and let's say um, it is like um, you know honesty right that honesty is a big core value Um, is that always something that they want to project in their company or can they um, decide on a different core value so
0: My personal thoughts about that is is you can choose any particular core value to show up. The only caveat to that is, is I firmly believe that your top two or three core values are so strong that they manifest themselves so naturally that you can't even detect it. And so the problem lies is if the the core value that you want to put forward is um, not the same as a true core value, you're going to have Discrepancies in the actions and the things that you do. But let's just say it's maybe not a high priority one that you decide to perform. You can still act on it because by its very nature, you're going to have specific reactions to those particular uh, instances. Um, But you might not find that the message at the end is as strong as it would be if you were to use the top three. Right, Because I also find that that'll extrapolate and percolate through your entire organization as you start to add people into that mix.
1: Um, So people think of branding as a website or a logo or the colors. How does that interplay with your core values?
0: Well, in the early stages of business, I don't think there's too much of a importance in terms of the color, the logo, the 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 design, the fonts. I mean, there's cheesy and ta- tacky stuff, but I think by and large people have a, a pretty good compass about, you know, what what's decent or at least acceptable. And of course, then there's different price points of which you can get those things at, whether it's on Fiverr or you find, fight a professional graphics artist or a person in a branding agency, you know, there's, there's levels of risk involved in each one. And, you know, in the very beginning stages when you're the merchant or the technician of, of your business. Um, that doesn't matter nearly as much as the actions and interactions that you do on a day to day basis that culminates into your reputation. Right. So, I mean, if you're if you're known to be honest and and hardworking those things come up in conversations they they just come up you know when they're telling people is oh this guy does a really good job he does all these things for me um you know that that's your reputation that is in essence your brand right at least that's what the that's the perception of what your brand is now there's a difference between you know what your brand is and what the market sees it is versus what you want to project out there right and so if, if a person is perceiving your brand one way and that's not the way you want to project it, then that may come down to core values. It might come down to, you know, things that are uh, external variables, social variables that are coloring the way that you show up that make people perceive um, you differently than the way that you want to be perceived. But then there comes a time, I think, when your business matures and you're off the the honeymoon stage, so to speak, two to three years, uh, and you get an idea of, you know, there are certain people that you really like to work with and there's some people that just don't don't jive with you. And then you start to ask yourself questions like, well, why do I keep getting the people that I don't want to work with? And why can I find people that I want to work with? And that's where the beginning discussions of brand should really sort of begin because then as an agency, um, we help the business owners start to look at, what that brand really means. Like what's your secret sauce and what are the things about your secret sauce that attract the people that you like, the tribe of raving fans. Um, And then what are the ones that you don't like and why don't you like them? And it's almost as important to know what you don't like and why you don't like them than it is to find the people that you do like, because it also gives you a lot of uh, insight about how you operate and you know, what's showing up in the world uh, that influences your decisions to attract those people.
1: Uh, so you said uh, people you like you attract people who you like to work with what about uh, internally with uh, if you have somebody a partner um, somebody you work closely with in your business how do you determine what core values those two people bring to the table and how do you decipher that into a set of core values for the company
0: so early on Um, in my career, I I understood that there was a lot to do with uh, relationships, you know, and and I mean, I mean, it seems like a natural thing that you would think about. But a business partnership or uh, a board or whatever is really is it's no different than a relationship um, with a life partner. And there are a number of things that kind of need to align and it wouldn't be until maybe like years later that I would that, that somebody I would come across material that would kind of pull it all together in a verbal sense, but I intuitively knew it in the beginning. Uh, And finding the right partner meant that you had very similar values, you know, and, and wouldn't be until, you know, maybe three or four years ago that I ran into Tony Robbins who kind of put it more succinctly. Uh, And of course, I mean, he said way more time in this arena than I have, but the way he puts it is, is that life partners, you know, you can make, um, that partnership work by having enough things in common, you know, enough core values in common. Uh, but it wouldn't, it, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's going to be magic and spark and passion within the relationship. You just know it works. But if your top two or three core values don't align, there's going to be problems. There's going to be turmoil because you're going to think that they're acting, you know, uh, insincerely to, you know, things that you view as your core values. And you might think that that's an attack on your core values, but it's just that they have different core values. they not that they're right or they're wrong. You know, they could work with somebody else with their same core values and they'll, work tickety-boo. But then because they're not the same as yours, at least the top two are not strong enough to be the same as yours, you start to find discrepancies. Where you find passion is where you actually differ. So if you have a partner or you find people in your uh, employee base, and they all have very similar core values, you guys are going to get along, you guys are going to get things done. And then you should also celebrate the differences. And the differences are what brings the magic, that brings the spark, that you know allows you to innovate, create, um, bring new things to market, um, you know challenge each other 's perceptions, but knowing that you are safe in that in that challenge and that 's the important part and I think that 's where uh, business partnerships and stuff start to fail is when you view that they're that you're being questioned or you're being challenged in a way that is uh not safe uh, and 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 um, not in a place that is in alignment to your core values.
1: So you have goal setting as an important part of the branding process, which is, I think, again, different from a lot of other people of other agencies who who do branding. Can you talk a little bit why goal setting is important in the, important in the branding process? I think with any
0: journey, you kind of need to know where you want to go. Um, and otherwise, you don't know how to map to get there, right? And I think every agency does this, like in some degree, like they kind of ask you, what do you want to do? What do you want to achieve? And those are goals. Um, and and I take it a step further back. Um and and I work with the individual first, um, because I'm a firm believer in human psychology and that the motivation shouldn't come from the top down, it should come within. Um, And so when I work in that arena, I I look at the people whom I have available as stakeholders, people who can really do influence uh, an organization or your business. And and most of the time in the solopreneur uh, world, that is the owner, right? But there are other organizations that I've been a part of and I do, and I implement the same strategy. Um, But we work at the very granular level right what motivates that individual what are their core values and then what does that mean for them. Where's the benefit for them. You know, in terms of goals for their life. Right. What do they really want to achieve because if you can figure out what they want in life, you can figure out how to motivate those people when you put the other pieces in play as a business. So let's just say, for instance, um, you have a goal of freedom, that you can do what you want, when you want, with whom you want to do it uh, at any given time or place. At first, when you're making these goals, you might think that that's a million dollars, right? And that's the the goal. And that's what, you know, agencies or coaches typically say, okay, well, what is a million dollars worth? And they try to work it backwards and show you what that looks like. And they go, are you willing to do that? But I take it a step further and I ask the deeper question about, you know, why is that important to you? What, what, what will a million dollars get you? What, what are you going to do with the million dollars? How is it going to change your life? And when I understand what that looks like, then I can tell you as a business what you can do to help make sure that you stay in alignment to those core values, the things that you really, really want, the real goals. And the number then doesn't exist because maybe the number is actually 10 million and it's not 1 million. We um, and we don't know that. And we maybe, don't know that maybe you could have done it at 800,000 and you would have had that same happy, happiness or the same things fulfilled. Right, so the numbers are arbitrary. those are things that society has put on us because it sounds good, round numbers, psychology, um, you know whatever it might be. Um, those are external influences. But if we kind of figure out what the underlying why is, then we can help you map the business goals and then, when we help you map the business goals and what that needs to happen, whether it 's automation, whether it 's uh, having certain people in there, what type of revenues that look like, then we can break those things down, and then we can show you a bigger picture, we can help you in action those and by and large, humans are lazy. And, you know, we talked about this uh, in, in, in our own work together. Um, but I think in general, people will reach for things if they're just slightly out of reach, right? If you're, if you're trying to reach for a goal and it's just, just out of your grasp, you're willing to kind of lunge out there. There's a little less risk knowing that the goal is there. But when the goal is so far away and it seems impossible, more people, I think, will give up. Right. And that's the large majority of the population will give up It's just too much. Like, you know, trying to drop, you know, 150 pounds is just way too much work. Um, and so they don't have the goal. But by being able to help you, you know, work on your own personal goals and then show you the business goals and then work backwards in micro increments so that you can go to a weekly actionable item. It seems like the progress is much better. You accelerate faster through the goal setting process because it's closer to your grasp. And you're willing to lunge at it. You're willing to spend that extra hour because you see progress, right? And so part of our branding process is actually teaching you and empowering you with those tools um, so that you can not only build a better brand, but also create the actionable steps that individuals within your organization need to take in order to help you progress to that goal. But from a place of their own internal locus, not what you've imposed on them is this is the goal. It's how do those goals map to what they want? In, in their life. And how can they turn their own internal drives to say, oh, if I do this, and I follow these things to help with that goal, that helps me here. Because I think, by and large, we're self serving creatures
1: so you you are we're talking about the underlying why and you did this exercise on me i think it's uh, called the seven layers of why which i found super helpful can you talk about that tool and how somebody can use that uh to discover something about their own core values or about their own goals
0: well the seven layers of why is an adapted tool um it's it's semi borrowed from uh a self-help guru. Um, I think is Dean Graziosi is, is where I, I picked up the official s- official tool from. Um, I worked on, you know, something similar to that and just didn't have a name for it. Uh, and it's great because, you know, people who are ahead of me in the thing have coined all of these things and, you know, success leaves clues. But what it is, is it's, it's the ability for you to look uh, at your answers in a very um, pragmatic way you know it's it's objective, and the reason why this tool exists is because our brains are so good at at hardwiring um the fear aspect of our life, and so you know every day it's making the case for trying to protect us right um you know from whatever we've associated as a danger right you know we i mean it's its simplest form you know as a child we say. You know that stove is hot, we touch it, it burns, it hurts, therefore we associate pain and and we avoid it, right, but there are other things that we associate that might not be necessarily as um, intuitive and And so when we ask these questions, what we're trying to do is we're trying to break into the conscious, uh, break through the conscious brain, where we're trying to get them to stop trying to sort the data in its favor, to the argument, and trying to present it with factual information by asking them why, questioning the integrity of the answer, right? And more often than not, as you start to chip away at it, it takes a number of layers because, you know, you're going to at first, um, as a defense mechanism, you'll try to avoid it. Um, you might use body language, you might sit backwards, you might try to give a canned answer what you think I want to hear. Um, you might try to tell me a story, which is an avoidance mechanism, and all of these things that happen. Um, and, and so the seven layer is why I feel is really difficult to do on your own. Um, I tried it, uh, and and I, I mean, I, I was really trying to be cognizant of it, and I already know, um, you know, it it takes an enormous amount of conscious effort to try to do that, and even then, it slips the cracks so easily, and an accountability is partner is helpful, but again, like we said, um, you know. Uh, you have to have some sort of capacity for it. You have to play poker really well. Like you have to read between the lines. You can't just take face value. You have to question, and you have to be the devil's advocate, but in a caring way, not in a, not in a you're lying to me kind of way, because you know, your brain doesn't know it's lying. Your brain just trying to accumulate facts to defend itself, um, you know, from whatever it's protecting right? So, you know, all it is, is just facts. And if we remove the emotional part of it, which is, you know, difficult in some sense, if we remove those emotional parts of it, we're looking at the facts, we can then separate the facts and the emotion. And, you know, in, in self-development talk, I mean, you can use NLP, um, you know, neuro linguistic programming to really, um, try to to solve some of those issues and that's kind of beyond the scope of brand and discovery but bringing it to your attention may set you on a different road it might you know set you to to do more self-discovery my job is really to curate some of the top two or three core values question those and make sure that those things are standing you know solid but you know all of those underlying foundations come from um you know from understanding human psychology uh human physiology and and then child development and you know i spent a, a Quite a number of years in this arena, uh, learning about it and 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 trying to understand it in terms of helping myself, and of course then you know learning those things to help my daughter, and as a byproduct, I realized that uh, in the branding space, um, that this element could be really uh, beneficial to the person that I'm helping, and. And it is actually really different from a lot of agencies. And I realized why that existed and it had to exist. Um, but because I do this branding stuff as a passion part, I don't necessarily think about it from a monetary standpoint, more so than I'm going to be able to help this individual who, who's asked me to take them to another level. And, you know, that part is a passionate part for me. And so, you know, I'm willing to do that work. Um, You know, that's my give in this relationship between, you know, me and and that uh, and the person who's trusting me for it. I mean, yes, there's monetary uh, value exchanged for it. But I think the, the time and effort and the IP, the intellectual property that I'm providing you in that space far outweighs, you know, what you're, what you're actually paying for Right. I'm, I'm coming to that uh, relationship with definitely a, a um, under promise and over deliver kind of aspect of things.
1: Uh, so knowing from experience that it, it's a very difficult process, as you have said, is this something that all business owners and all entrepreneurs should do or does it is it something that you only need to do if you've reached a certain level
0: well like i kind of alluded to before um if you're just starting out with a business, I mean, you could do it right at the beginning, but I also find that if you're doing it in the very, very beginning where you don't have any real life experience about the product or service that you're doing, that it's not really useful because you don't really have a litmus test. And that's why I suggest that, you know, people go out, do sell um, experience, what that business looks like, just kind of haphazardly go through it. Um, learn whether business is a right for you, be whether your product, you know, can even sell, uh, you know, learn some of the bumps and bruises. Of, of course. I mean, you know, use um, you know key people along the way. Like hire the lawyer, hire the bookkeeper, the accountants, the professionals that kind of keep things in line and so keep you out of trouble. Um, but learn and experience and understand you know what your product is, and you know, develop your own secret sauce, so to speak. When you reach that point where you you know kind of get off that honeymoon high and you start to realize that you have people that you really love to work with and the people that you really don't like to work with and they start to be a parent and you don't know how to differentiate, don't know where to, to, to separate. That's the time where you kind of should start that conversation. You know, that's where brand can start to exist, um, brand can start to take over and help you curate a better reputation to attract a better
1: tribe so having done this process yourself and having um you know i won't say perfected but improved over time what is the one thing that you learned about yourself and your own brand that perhaps surprised you
0: well when i first started the exercise at 21 22 um you know i was originally just given a list of words and we kind of picked it out and i, I thought harmony was it um and and you know because i always wanted to be people that would be happy around me and, and it's always something that i really enjoyed um but you know as i started to develop that thing um you know that word and try to break it down i really started to to question it uh, and and that's why i think it's so difficult uh for a person to do branding by themselves especially um you know there's so many complicated words in the english language and then there's also having to deal with your human psychology and so know as i kept digging through and i at one point i paid an agency um to help me with that and this is why you know i i kind of know you know why agencies do what they do and you know where there's there's a shortfall to it um you know and i realized that amongst harmony it was actually about me wanting to support others. And in harmony, if you think about it, it's, it's, this is really about supporting others, right? You know, that's why you are in harmony. It's everybody's there to, to, to keep everybody up. It's everybody's there to, to support each other, to be happy. And, you know, support started to resonate with me and, you know, all the things about support was, you know, pointed to some of my really big core values, right? That's, you know, really having a a big fairness meter about it, right? Like, you know, I would stand up, I would stand up for, for, for kids, um, if bullies were, uh, and I'm I'm far outspoken, you know, I speak my mind uh, a lot of the time. Um, And, and I'm one of the very first people to pipe up. If I see something that's unfair uh, or unjust, Um, you know, it's just a really big part of me, but, You know what I realized in in this process like support really is about integrity. It's about being there and being reliable, being accountable, being adaptable. Um, And so the word support is actually, you know, the, the fundamental um, part of our business, right. It's supporting others and, you know, and, and And this will probably be for another podcast because that that 's a huge huge topic of 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 sorts that i 'm deeply passionate about, but you know I have very little ego in terms of you know the way I support businesses and which is why we white label for a number of companies just the same as we work with companies individually um and so you know it 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 all aligns i think at the end of the day, but that journey I realize is you really can 't do it yourself um you know, you really do need intervention, you need a starting point. Um, and then with that, you need a guide of some sort to really kind of help you um, curate your own worst enemy, which is yourself.
1: All right. Um, so, so to be cognizant Grant. of that time,
0: we're about we're about to to, to exceed the threshold. And you know if, if people who are listening to this have got to this far and they're really interested, if you like it, please leave us a comment in, uh, in, on Instagram or whatever. Let me know that you wanna hear more about this stuff. But uh, in, in the sake of time, and I wanna respect your time, um, I'm gonna give Joel one last question and then we're gonna wrap it up for today.
1: Yeah, um, I think um, my question would be, uh, where should, if, if they're not quite ready to hire somebody to help them with brand, they don't have the budget. Is there something that they can do to help improve their brand and help, um, you know, move the needle, so to speak, in their in their brand?
0: Well, right now, I think if you if you're trying to work on your brand, I, I would really just start with yourself. I would really spend some time in that self-help arena uh, space. Um, Tony Robbins has been a like, great inspiration for me uh, for great many years. Um, and, you know, I think there's a lot of things that he brings value to the table, brings really good practical tools and, and, and stuff. Um, but I think working on yourself and trying to understand who you really are um, is a really good start. I, I, and, and you know, I'm working on a couple of courses um, to help with this process. And, you know, there's a hard part about about it in that i know that there's so much of it that needs an accountability partner um and and it's hard for me to to just put out a course knowing that there kind of needs that portion to it so you know I, I'm, I'm still working out the kinks on, on that stuff before i release it because i really want to make sure that um whomever decides to 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 purchase that program in the future um is going to be served in, in at least a way that they're gonna have a really head start if if they decide to engage in us as an agency uh, or even have strategy calls, that I, I really just want them to have a really good start, good fundamentals to to begin their journey. Um, but I think everything should start with the owners, uh, the, the key stakeholders, whether you're a sole proprietor or you're a board, uh, a council, joint partnership, doesn't matter. It needs to start with the stakeholders and, and about their why
1: well, Justin, thank you so much for allowing me to grill you, and uh, I'm gonna have to work harder to stump you next time. Well, thank you so much
0: for uh, for volunteering to to grill me. I really didn't know what you were gonna ask, so I'm glad I didn't I didn't stumble on too many things. So, but I do, really do appreciate. that. I think the questions you brought up are really valuable. I think a lot of people, um, you know, have these questions, and and they're not necessarily you know, um, in their conscious brain either. They're probably asking these subconsciously um, and and they feel frustration in their brand or whatever. So I'm hoping that somebody who's listening to this, you find value in it. I really hope that you start that journey for yourself because it is really deeply rewarding. Um, And I hope one day I get get a chance to serve you guys, um, you know, in in some way, shape or form. But um, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Joel, uh, for being uh, my guest on the podcast. And, you know, normally I like to let you shine, uh, but thank you for letting me shine for once. So I really do appreciate that.
1: You're welcome.
0: Awesome. Well, everybody, uh, thank you again for listening. And if you uh, want to connect with Joel, um, he can be found at uh, ghostwriters and co. Um, is it no, it's ghostwriters and co.com.
1: Yep. Um, info at ghostwriters and co.com. If you want to email me. Um,
0: so yeah. yeah. And if you're looking to write a book or you're, you're looking to, to do some, you know, um, writing in any capacity you know Joel Joel has the tools to help you do that so yeah thank you so much for for allowing uh, allowing uh, me to to kind of all over the uh, <laughs> all over the topic of marketing branding because I could probably do it forever. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. Your time is valuable and I'm deeply humbled that you're spending that time with me. I want to make this channel something really great, something you can really enjoy and get a lot of value out of. So if you have any suggestions or comments, please connect with me and let me know. If you enjoyed this content, I'd love it if you'd share with somebody else, and if you'd leave a comment on iTunes for me. This helps me rank higher on the search engines. And as always, tune in next week as we dig deeper into marketing and business. Until next time, have a great day.